So when God created man, God created man with the ability to create with his words. You know, we don't really understand that when God gave us words, God gave us words less for communication and more for creation. We've taken and we've relegated our words to being communicative only for communication. And because of that, because we've thought it as being communi- uh, communicative uh, and, and, and seen it on that level, and we don't really understand God has put the power of creation in our words. In other words, God never expected for his people to say something that they didn't expect would happen. When God, when God, God, God expected us to believe that we would have what we say. <laughs> and when we started saying all kind of craziness, whoo, man, you know, the angels look at us and can't figure us out because we got all this power. In fact, the Bible says that we've got, we've been elevated higher than the angels. I know uh, the, the, you know, you'll read scriptures that say we've been made a little lower than the angels, but when you look at where that was, uh, where that, uh, in the book of Hebrews, where that came from was in the book of Psalm. And in the book of Psalm, it actually says we've been made a little lower than God. And so that means the angels are lower than us. And so if the angels are lower than us, when they look at us, they look at us with admiration. In fact, the Bible says that the angels and all of heaven desire to look into the things that we have. Because it, it's to them, they don't understand, they don't get it. They don't get, I'll tell you what they really don't get is that we've made, been made a little lower than God and we live so miserably. That we say the name of Jesus and we act like it don't mean nothing. Name of Jesus is spoken in heaven and all heaven bows down. There's no greater name that's been given. We, we, say, we say Jesus when someone cuts us off. We go, Jesus! And then we fly him the bird instead of trying to shoot him the dove. <laughs> you know that may that make the angels look at us like what in the world wrong with these people what in the world can you imagine what heaven must think can you imagine what heaven must, when we when we say stuff like man my my back is killing me <laughs> the angels will be like what did he say he said his back is killing him dear god Well, when it rains, it pours. (sighs) You know that stuff like this always happens to me. Ever since I was a kid. Can't win for losing. One step forward, two steps back. Life's not fair. I always get the short end of the stick. Day late and a dollar short. (laughs) You can't get blood from a turnip. Glory to God. Yeah, well, that one's true. (laughs) But we usually use it in relation to something that we... (laughs) Come on. Yeah, another day, another dollar. Yeah, yeah. The old ball and chain. Oh my God. 
<laughs> or, you know, she'd be my old man. Well, glory to God. So we, we got we to gotta be careful what we say. Because some of us, amen. You know what? Some of y'all would like worship if you'd say you loved worship. You know, it starts in your mouth. Some people wear shirts that said, I love my shirt. I think we, not, we might need to get them shirts. But not just to try to persuade people that we love our church. Maybe to persuade ourselves. You know, you might love your pastor if you say, boy, I love my pastor. That was quick, Ted. Well, Ted's making that confession fast. Let's be praying for Brother Ted. <laughs> but you know, it does. It starts, it starts, in, your, it starts in your mouth. Uh, instead of waking up in the morning and saying, I'm tired, maybe you ought to say something else. Maybe you ought to, maybe you ought to, maybe you ought to start sowing the word of God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Glory. All right. Anyway, let's. Uh, so we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray a God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so notice that this verse of scripture uh, uh, says this. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And, and uh, what's that word sanctify? Set apart. Set apart. Uh, may the God of peace set you apart holy. In other words, every part of you, every part of your life, every part of your being, may the God of peace set apart every part of your being. You set you apart completely. And then it goes in, the next verse talks about what that is. And that your whole spirit, soul, no, I'm sorry, the next part of the verse, Joe. Uh, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. So when he said holy, here's what, he, here's what that, that verse really could have said uh, at the beginning. And the very God of peace sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul. Now notice the order of this. It's spirit, soul, and body, not body, soul, and spirit. Now most people, when they talk about this, they, most people get it reversed, body, soul, and spirit, because that's the order in which they take care of themselves. They take care of themselves first bodily, then they take care of their soul, all at the expense of their spirit. But, but we, ought, we, we ought to be living in reverse order. Come on, y'all. Listen, I'm looking at people in this place... I never, I never imagined we'd have so many people that uh, were business owners in such a, a small congregation of people. But, you know, we have, we have quite a few people that are uh, self-employed, people that are business owners that attend Winner's, Winner's Church. Let, let, me, let me give you a little key. Do you want me to give you a, a, a key to having? And here's the thing. So you'd be like, well, Pastor, what do you know about this? Absolutely nothing. As much as a carpenter knew about fishing. I know as much as a carpenter knew about fishing. I, 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 I don't. 
Hilda may lash out at this, but I don't listen to TED Talks. I'm not against them. I think that they're motivational. I think they have value. I think that you ought to avail yourself to resources, but that's not where I get my information because God didn't, God didn't call me to that aspect of things. God called me to business as it relates to my walk with him. And so you, you think we'd get a clue that God put so many self-employed business people in our church for a reason. Because there's something that he wants you to glean. Right. You know, God don't bring you to a place for no reason at all. Right. He'll bring you to a place because there's something that you need. That's right. oh, yeah. And one of the things that I, uh, that I want to uh, say, because we're talking about these verses of scripture, if you're, if you're a business owner, if you own a business, if you are uh, in the workforce, I know that you probably have a, a ideas and you're, you're grabbing concepts and, and um, information from lots of different resources, which I, I totally encourage. But I'm going to tell you one thing that you cannot do, and that is uh, leave God out of your business. Now, you, you think I'm going to say, uh, pay your tithe. That's not what I would listen. Yeah, pay your tithe. That's a, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. But what most people in business don't realize is that when business starts to ramp up and, and God begins to bless your business, you're going to get busy. And when you get busy, the first thing that you're going to be tempted to neglect It's time with God. In fact, you're going to think of all kind of reasons why it's okay for you to neglect time with God to pour into your business. I can't leave this. I can't leave. I mean, right now, if someone, if someone called some of y'all right now with a $100,000, $200,000 deal, some of you would walk out of this building and into that parking lot, you'd sit in your car, turn on your air conditioner, and you would put God on the back burner and be fine with it. Uh-oh. And I'm going to tell you right now, God's not fine with it. You know, in that moment, you've made money, you're God. How do you know, Brother Z? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going I'm just going to tell you straight up. There are times that we these uh, Sunday Sundays like let, let's just take Sundays Sundays for example. You know, um, I know that you can meet with God any day of the week. Here's the problem: you don't. It's true. You don't meet with Him at your house. You go to your house. You sit in your favorite chair and you fall asleep. Or the yard goes to calling you. Listen, just because I'm telling you the truth doesn't make... I know some of you, why are you meddling? I ain't meddling, I'm telling you the truth. Some, some of you have been looking to try to break over there into a greater flow, into a greater measure of God's blessing in your finances and in your life in general. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you how to do it. You, you've got to... You've got to make time for God, and then you've got to guard that time. You know, some of you, you've set, a, you've, you've set, a, you've set apart your spirit 
You set apart your spirit. You sanctified your spirit. You've been set apart in your spirit to live for God. You, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, you quit, you, you quit doing some things. You quit burning sage. You know, you quit consulting psychics. Um, <clears throat> You, you, you quit doing things that were detrimental uh, to your spirit, things that you knew that were hindering you spiritually speaking. Right. You, you, understand, you understand what I mean by that? And so you've embraced some of these things. And you know what? You can sanctify your spirit very easily, uh, just, uh, well, fairly. I'm not going to say easily. It's simple to uh, sanctify yourself spiritually as you go through life every day because it's something that happens in the realm of the invisible. But one of the things that we, and this is why I'm talking about this, one of the things that we, the Bible tells us that we have to sanctify holy is our soul and our body. So there are things in the natural. There are things in that. So what does that mean? Well, that means that in the natural, we've got to intentionally sanctify and set apart some time and some energy and some effort in the, in the realm of the soul. So what is your soul? Y'all remember? Your soul is your what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You've got to set time aside where you are sanctified and set apart in the realm of your mind and only God occupies the space of your mind because you've set your mind apart for him. That means you don't share your mind with your wife, with your family, with your friends, with Netflix, with job. See, listen, some of you, that's all you think about constantly is work, 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 work. <laughs> I'm, boy, I'm preaching. I know y'all ain't shouting amen real loud. But here's, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's, here's why I'm saying this. Because some of you trying to figure out how you, how you, how you going to break through. How you going to break out. How you going to get to the next level. How you going to get to that place where God works in you in that realm of the supernatural. See, because the realm of the supernatural isn't just tied to your spirit. It's tied to what goes on in your soul and what goes on in your body. And what a lot of believers don't realize is that, that that's where the enemy really whips them. Is over there in the realm of the soul and in the realm of the body. Because they never take and discipline themselves enough to give God a portion of their mind, of their will. Some some of y'all, you're just going to do what you want to do. I don't feel like going to church. You won't come. Come You're letting your your will guide you through life. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Yeah, that's right. I know. We all know that. Because can't nobody depend on you. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm really preaching good today. <laughs> I know. Y'all must be feeling it, you know. <laughs> just, just, just blow on it a little bit and rub it. Do, do we really want to really identify what's keeping us out of the, out of the fulfillment of God's prayer? Do, do you really want to? This is what it is. You know, that, you, know, that's why the, you know, that's why in the Old Testament, the Bible, God, why God was so adamant about the Sabbath 
and about people keeping it holy. He wanted, he wanted, God wanted his people to make sure that they understood that he wanted a portion of their soulish and their bodily life. That he didn't just want to occupy their spirit and occupy that place of the invisible, but he wanted them to set apart something in there. Amen. 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 And so we've, we've, got to, we, we've got to make an effort to do that as God's people. Have you ever wondered why, church, why it is that... Um, I, I know people say, uh, how do I say this and say it in the most efficient way possible? Um, <laughs> oh, Isaac, he's enjoying the service. Uh, <laughs> He's already given me two thumbs up and, and stuck out his tongue four times. <laughs> um, Haven't have you noticed that in this current generation, in the current culture that exists in our nation, that the thing that has been attacked um, over generations has been um, church and time spent in church? In fact, one of the things that some of you all are attacked for is how much time you spend in church. Your family call you up and say, hey, we're having a get-together. Oh, we're having revival next week. Again? Y'all are in church more than anybody I know. Well, you know what? We're not in church like the previous generation was in church. See, previous generation, they, they went to church all the time. No one thought twice about it. Well, you don't have to be in church. You're absolutely right. You don't have to be. You don't have to, you don't have to do a doggone thing. But when you choose not to do things that will produce results in your life, you got to learn how to not pee and moan about it when, when trouble comes. When you find yourself in a bad way, Come on. Boy, that's right. then you've got to begin to say, well, you know, I kind of brought this on myself. Right. Live by the sword, die by the sword. If you're going to live in the natural, by the natural, then when natural circumstances come and knock you out of that place, then don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that, that when the winds of change blow for the world, the winds of change blow for you and knock you right off. Just like the world gets knocked off their high place, you get knocked off your high place. But see, there's a place you can live where the circumstances of life don't have to affect whether you live in victory or not. Amen. Think about this. Think about the prophet Elijah. The Bible says that there was a famine in the land. In fact, the, the prophet uh, had prophesied it. And the Bible said that the Lord told uh, the prophet um, to uh, go and to go to a certain place where there was a brook called Cherith. And the Bible says that during the famine that the prophet had uh, bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening dropped there by a raven during the famine and that he drank from the brook. While everyone else was starving, while everyone else was thirsty, while everyone else was going through difficulty, the prophet was living in provision. Right. 
Why is that? Was, was, was he in the same land that was in famine as everybody else? Yes. But you know what? His provision didn't come by him farming or by him uh, tent making or by him doing something in the natural. His, his, uh, his provision came from being obedient to the Lord and doing what the Spirit of God told him to do. So there's a place, there's a place that you can live where famine can come and hit the, you know, uh, it amazes me when, uh, when, uh, sometimes when people get up and prophesy, they'll prophesy and they'll prophesy these things of doom and gloom and destruction and trouble and all these, all this stuff. And then they'll expect the church to respond with fear. How, why in the world are we going to fear when the Bible says that he's going to supply and provide for us no matter what? Amen. Thank God. And some of us want to get mad. Some of us want to get mad at God when things don't work out. Right. When, we're, when we're doing good for a while and then all of a sudden things hit the skids and it goes in the ditch and then we're mad at God. Where are you, God? Where are you at? Well, he was in the church service that he wanted you to dedicate yourself to, but in the middle of service, you thought doing a business deal was more, more important, so you went out to the car. Well, praise the Lord. I know, I know this isn't the most shoutingest message. Maybe y'all should have come on a different day. <laughs> yeah, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but you know, it's difficult. It's difficult when you, have, when you have made your own way to trust that God will make a way for you. It's difficult when you've done it your way to believe that God has a different way of doing it. It's, it's hard to believe. You know what? Imagine when Jesus, when, when Peter, remember the story? Peter was out. He was fishing all night long. The Bible says he caught nothing. And they came back to shore and they were mending their nets and cleaning their nets. And then Jesus was up on the shore teaching. And the, the crowd pressed in and they pushed on Jesus so much that Jesus jumps into Peter's boat. Now, Pete, now think about this. Peter was a businessman. He was self-employed. He had, he had workers. He had people that he had to pay. He had just paid these men. All, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to pay people to do nothing. Now, they, they worked. Don't get me wrong. They worked. But when, you're, when you lose money on a... You ever lost money on a job, Michael? <laughs> how hard is it to pay people for a job that you lost money on how hard is it to write a paycheck to someone they worked but man you got to write a paycheck to them, and you know good and well that you lost money on that job it, it happened to me recently on a job that i did in weatherford on a on a jet uh, uh there was a part that i i figured i could do myself i thought i could touch it up turned out I, I couldn't touch it up i had to hire someone to paint the entire radome or nose cone of a, a cessna citation jet you know what um that cost me more than what i wanted to pay in fact i bid the guy too low on the job then I took another job from him and bid him low on that one. I said, like, my God, I, that, that Navajo, I bid way too low on that job. And I ended up putting way more time and way more effort into that job than I, than I, than I uh, really should have. I, I should have bid it higher. I wouldn't, you know what? You're not, you're not real motivated when you know you're losing money. Right. You're not inspired to do your best work 
when you know that you're losing money. Only thing that gets you through jobs like that is if you, if you're doing them, is doing them unto the Lord. Now on that radome, listen to this. This guy, I, 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 I gave it to him. He's a great painter. I said, paint this for me. He got it painted. After he got it done painting it, um, uh, I believe it was, um, he said, I'm going to charge you $350. I was like, that's cheap. Because the paint was 180 bucks, 190 bucks, and then he charged me whatever it was for labor. A three, but I think it was, ended up being $350. He's got, I was like, well, that's not bad. That's not bad. But then I get a phone call about, you know, three or four hours later. He says, hey, I'm going to have to redo this. I was, driving it, I was driving it over to your dad's house. He said, and a, 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 something fell on it and took a big chip out of it. I tried to fix it. He said, it only got worse. I'm going to have to sand the whole thing down again and repaint it. How many of you know that that sucked for that guy big time? Because he already gave me a bill for $350. And now to redo it, and to he had to redo the whole job again. And invest a whole nother several days again. Had to hand sand that thing all over again. But he did it. He's like, well, it's still $350. I can't change it because I messed it up. I can't change it now. I mean. <laughs> now think about Peter. Fished all night. All of his men fished. Now he's paying them to clean nets that didn't even catch any fish. <sighs> you know he's looking at the budget now. Now what are we going to have to do? Now what am I going to have to do next week? What am I going to, how much do I have to bring in this month to, to, to put food on the table? How much do I have to bring in this month to make sure we pay our taxes? How many, see, if you're not a business, so you don't think about these things. I mean, if you go into the factory, you just get the check and at the end of the year, you get out TurboTax and you get it done. But if you're a business, you got you to start thinking about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You know, what do I have to do to make up uh, the difference to, to make sure that this, we meet the budget? And so you, you got to start thinking, well, man, I'm going to have to work this many hours. Because there's only so many ways you can, there's only so many ways you can make money. Listen, some of y'all, some of y'all trying to figure out, Lord, how do I get in the million flow? There's only so many ways you can do it. You can invest more hours. You can raise your prices. But you can only raise your prices so much, and you can only work so many hours during a day. Some of you have already, some of you have already maxed out. And then we got folks that uh, uh, the weather is very, you know, it's very weather dependent on how they, you know, how they make their money. You know, it, it depends on how, how things go with the weather. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of factors. Well, when you put God into the mix... None of those other factors matter. Amen. When you put God into the mix, none of those other factors matter. So Peter, you know, Peter's thinking, how am I going to, I'm going to have to catch so many fish. And you know what? He looked at the farmer's almanac, didn't look good. According to the farmer's almanac. In fact, the barometric pressure was off and the pH level of the, of the water was, was off. The color was off. It just didn't, it, it wasn't good fishing. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be good fishing not till the next, maybe not even into the next year because they was going to have a hard winter. 
Now he's trying to figure it out. How am I going to do this? He rolls up onto the shore. Hang with me. Because some of y'all think you got problems. Some of y'all get angry about these problems. What are you getting angry about? I heard Bill Winston say something yesterday. Just, 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 we weren't even paying real close attention. But there was something that he said. He said, you know, some people, they get angry when they feel like they've been done wrong financially. He says, how are you going to get angry when, when people do you wrong, when God's got your back, when, God's, when you have the promises of God for his blessing? How are you going to get angry about the condition that you find? How are you going to get, how are you going to get angry about racism? How you going to get angry about be ra- being racially profiled when God's got your back, when he's going to see to it that you're going to be taken care of, that they can't stop you because you're black, because you're brown, because you're white. They can't stop you because of where you grew up, where you came from. They can't stop you whether you high school educated, not high school educated. Are y'all hearing me? Whether you college educated or not. See, we're allowing too many things that don't have anything to do with God to determine our failure or our success. And some of it, all it's going to, all it takes is an adjustment in our soul and in our bodies in order to get things aligned. Our, our spirit, listen, some of you got everything you need in your spirit. Am I helping anybody today? I know that I know that this sounds like a it, it it's better suited for a, a for a group of business people. But anyway, let me let me let me finish this thought. So there's Peter. He's on the shore. Here comes Jesus being pressed in all around. <laughs> then Jesus jumps in Peter's boat that lost money last night. <laughs> he turns to Peter and says, "Peter, push away from the shore a bit." You know, Peter had to have a hope that Jesus would do something for him that day. But you know what? When Peter pushes away from the shore, Jesus does not turn his attention to Peter's dilemma. In fact, he ignores Peter and what Peter's going through, and he looks to the crowd of people on the shore, and he begins to minister to them out of Peter's broke boat. Do you know, Pete, that was probably, <laughs> it was, pro- <laughs> how hard would it have been to sit in church on that day? How hard would it have been to sit through the preacher on that day? Because here's the guy that turned five loaves and two fish into a meal that fed 5,000 people. Here's the dude that lays his hands on sick people and they recover. When he takes a walk, he walks across water. He goes to the cemetery to raise his dead friends. And he rolls up in your boat, and all you need, all you need is your expenses met. And he ignores you to preach to a bunch of people, many of them you don't like. Some of them owe you money. Come on, somebody. Some of them won't return your emails, your phone call. I mean, you're looking at them. You know these people. You went to church with them. And Jesus is in your broke boat preaching to people that are less deserving than you. 
Because bless God, I'm trying. <laughs> Lord knows. Isn't that what we say? Yes. <laughs> You're right. But here's, here's what you have to remember. That when you make space for Jesus in your life. Now see, Peter, Peter, to Peter, he was the Christ, the son of the living God. Isn't that right? So Peter had sanctified something in his spirit. Spiritually, he had accepted Jesus. But now, now, (laughs) he's having to align his body and his soul by accommodating Jesus, not in a time of great prosperity, not in a time of blessing, not in a time when everything is favorable and everything is coming up roses, but in a time that is difficult, in a time that seems like, listen, sacrifice isn't a sacrifice unless it costs you something. Some of you wonder why God blesses you in the most trying times of your life. It's because some of us, that's the only time we sacrifice. Because we give up on ourselves and we, when we trust in him. But man, when it's popping, when it's rolling. And you know what? We, we do what the book of Deuteronomy warned. Listen, some of y'all need to start coming on Wednesdays. Because... On Wednesday, we talked about this Deuteronomy scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 8. We talked about uh, the warnings that God gave in Deuteronomy. And he talked about, and, and listen, this is the reason why he talked about it. He said, don't forget the Lord your God. And here's why. Lest when you have built houses, good houses, and live in them, lest when you have all that you have need of, when you're full and everything is good, that you don't be lifted up in your heart and say that my might and my strength and my power has gotten me this wealth, my influence has gotten me to this place, I'm just that good. Because here's the thing about God. God will take people that suck. I mean, the suckage is so bad in their life that you drive by their house and you get pulled in a little bit, you know, from the suck. I mean, they're not any good. No, 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 I'm not reaching. I'm just reaching, Carolyn. I'm just reaching. I'm going to look at Monte. No, Monte, like, no, Pastor, don't look at me. Monte's fed up, too, boy. He wore the shirt. <laughs> Give God control. <laughs> no, you're you not fed up. You're preaching. <clears throat> Come on, think. That, I mean, people that, people that couldn't uh, do things in the. Look at Gideon. Angel shows up, says, mighty man of valor. <laughs> the Lord is with thee. What? what are you talking about? The Lord is with me. I'm over here hiding my stuff from the enemy. I'm just trying to keep what I have over here. Oh, no, God took the suckage and turned it around. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Gideon had to do more than just sanctify his spirit. He had to sanctify his body and his soul. So, anyway, Peter, Peter's in that boat. Eventually, you give Jesus your vessel, you give Jesus your boat, you give him use of every part of your life, and Jesus will turn to you and he'll, 
And he'll say what he said to Peter. He'll, he'll give you instruction. Here's how we're going to do this. Now, now listen to me. <laughs> listen to what I want. Here's where sanctifying your soul and your body comes into, here's where it kicks in. Is here is a carpenter telling a fisherman, launch out into the deep for a catch. Jesus, we done looked at the fish finder. There's nothing on the fish finder. I mean, we got the latest and the greatest. You understand? We got the latest and the greatest. Did you get... <laughs> Launch out into the deep for a catch. He wants us to go out into deep water? He's a carpenter. What does he know? What does he know? Who does he think he is? And he tells Peter, he says, launch out into the deep and cast out your nets. For a draw is what he says, for a giant catch. Peter looks at him and he... He does what we do. You know, we like to, I don't know why we like to acknowledge the negative, but thank God for his grace. Peter looks at Jesus and says, Lord, we toiled all night long and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. Boy, I, can, I, feel, I feel what Jesus is going through. I've, I've had some of y'all look at me, nevertheless. <laughs> We've, some of us have had that conversation before like pastor I, nevertheless at thy word and then he says this Jesus told him to cast out nets but Peter says nevertheless at thy word I will cast out a net one a net I love you, Jesus, but I don't love you that much. I'm going to cast out a net. <laughs> no wonder Jesus was like, do you love me, Peter? <laughs> I will cast out a net. Y'all know the rest of the story, right? Peter cast out a net at, on the word of a carpenter. Oh, yeah. Jesus wasn't even a part-time fisherman. He wasn't even a sport fisherman. Only thing Jesus knew about fish was that a kid brought him two of them one day and he fed 5,000 people with them. But when Peter lets down his net, and you know it was some raggedy old net. It's that one they leave in the boat just in case. He threw out that raggedy old net and the Bible says they caught so many fish that it almost sunk his boat. Not only did it almost sink Jesus, the, uh, Peter's boat, but it almost sunk the boats of those that they called to have them come and help bring in all of the fish. See, if it was easy to sanctify your soul and your body, everybody would do it. 
but it's not easy. That, that's why I, I hope y'all don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm picking on you here today. Um, well, it all depends on where you're at in this thing. It all depends on where you're at in this thing. Because here's the deal. I don't, take, I, don't, I don't take calls for details on airplanes on Sunday. I don't respond to Facebook messages, to texts, to emails about airplane details on Sunday. Y'all don't get phone calls from your pastor. Hey, I'm in an airplane hangar. I know it's Wednesday. I know I'm supposed to be there, but I got to knock this plane out. And so the Lord understands. Now, I know I'm your pastor and all, but hey, y'all know, y'all understand, right? Because... There are times that are designated for him. You know what? If we have revival, and I've done this. Here's how how my business works. People know they're going to operate on my schedule. Now, I know know some of you are like, that don't work. Working out fine for me. That's right. This is when I'll get there. This is when I'll do it. Well, do you have any you have any time available soon? No, I'm in revival. Go ahead, man. When we get done with revival and all that's done, we'll come and we'll do that. That's right. Yes. Glory to God. But the temptation is there, isn't it, Ted? Because you get, you get texted and messaged and, and phone calls while you're sitting up in here for your stuff. And there have been times you've taken the calls, haven't you? There have been a time or two you've took calls. Don't look, don't look, at, don't look at Debbie. You know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, was, if I happened to be in the bathroom, yeah. <laughs> you've, been, you've been late a time or two to church doing a delivery, haven't you, Ted? Now, come on, Ted. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but you know, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. Yes, you have. I've, I've seen you. <laughs> now, you have. Because it's been a while, though. But, but here's the thing. Here's what, I'm t- here's what I'm trying to tell y'all. No one is not going to be... Sus- if, y'all, if y'all looking at me like that, me, you in trouble. What time are you, what, what, how, what are you going to set aside for God in your soul and in your body? Well, I'm preaching, man. I am. I know, I know I haven't got off that one scripture. I know I'm still on it, and time's already pretty much gone. But you, you, you'd be surprised at how easy things become. Now, at first, it's not going to be easy. At first, it's going to be real difficult. I was talking with uh, I was talking with Cherie, and uh, we were we were in Ohio. We were pulling up to uh, a place to eat. We were talking about different times we had talked with different people. I was telling her about the Richmond revival, and I was telling her about how the Lord moved in Richmond as a revival I was talking to you about earlier. And I told her that was one of the most significant revivals, one of the most significant moves of God I've ever seen in my ministry, in my life. 
God did something extraordinary during oh, those yeah. revival meetings. You don't have revival for a year and it not be extraordinary. And shake the whole community, six or seven different churches coming together, revival moving from, from place to place. And it wasn't without its, you know, I just told you a story earlier about one of the fellows we dealt with. It was, it, there was craziness, but God was, God was moving. And she said something. She said, you know, at that time, she said, I can't even believe I didn't even go to that. You know, she didn't. Cherie didn't go to not one of those revival meetings. And I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. She's like, I didn't go to not one of them. She said, in fact, they weren't even on my radar. She said, Pastor, I didn't even think twice. She said, I never even thought twice that I should go. Not she said, I, I never even pondered it. I never even exhausted any mental capacity or energy to entertain going to those revivals. She said, you know why? Because in my mind, there's no way I could go. It's impossible. Can't do it. I said, why was it impossible? She said, well, how's, I got a kid. I got my business. I got a job. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, listen, anytime you think you got to do something and you're going to have to sacrifice anything that the Lord tells you to do in the process of that, you're in trouble. I don't care how large your, your businesses grow, how big things get, how far you go in your job. If you can't put God first at any time during that time, you're, you're, the, the only reason God puts us and elevates us is because he wants to trust us with more. Amen. And how could he trust us with more if the time that he calls on us, I mean, he elevated us. Some of y'all, God put you in a financial place where you could do something to be impactful in the kingdom. Right. Where in a moment of time, you could jump on an airplane or jump on a train or jump on a boat or jump on a, you know, something. Did I say train? Jump on a train. A bus. I mean, you could jump on, you could jump and be somewhere in a moment where God wants you to be. And God elevated you. There was, there, was, there was one point in your life you couldn't cross the street. You were so broke. Go ahead now. But now you could go to the other side of the world. But guess what? You're not going to go to the other side of the world. You know why? You're too busy. But you got a nice car. <clears throat> I don't <laughs> Y'all see how people are looking at me right now. I wish I had a mirror. I wish I had a mirror up here. Not with me, with me now, it's different because I'm in ministry. So I'm, I'm I still, I still have to have that wrestling match in some capacity, but not in the way some of y'all do. Go ahead, man. Some of y'all think it's just because you own your business. No, I have a wife that works for the state of Oklahoma thinks the whole state's going to shut down if she don't go to work for two days. I don't know how they brainwashed her into thinking that. I don't know how they brainwashed her into thinking that the entire state revolves around her, uh, her being at work or not being at work. I mean, she literally thinks that people aren't going to get paid if she doesn't go to work. I've got news for her. When she retires, people still going to get paid. 
Would she, <laughs> would she retire? And they're going to get paid on time. They're going to get paid on. In fact, they may get paid sooner. Because they, they, they might get someone up in there that might, you know, they might just move a little quicker. Do, I mean, be hard-pressed. She's a great employee. Don't get me wrong. But you understand? It's, it's, it's a cycle. And the enemy wants to put us in that cycle because he knows this. He knows that if he can get you in that idea that it's only by the strength of your might and you doing this and this is. And I know some of you are like, well, it's the way the world works. Yeah, it's the way the world works. But you're not, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. I found, I found something out. If we'll do things God's way and we'll put God for, amen. I'll make it easy. Just start on, just start by giving God the two days that the church traditionally has given God for thousands of years. At, at some churches, two hours on Sunday. This church, three and a half hours on Sunday. <laughs> at, at some churches, you know, hour and a half on Wednesday. This church, two and a half hours maybe. Sometimes. But in the context of life. See, here's the, here's the thing. Some, it's not that some of you won't do it. It's some of you, you can't. I'm going to put out the challenge. I challenge you to schedule your life around church instead of scheduling church around your life. In fact, for the, what are we in? We're in the middle of July. Here, in the, here we are in the middle of July. Don't miss another freaking service. For work, for vacation, for birthdays, for anniversaries, for picnics, for lake trips. Schedule your life. Schedule your life around God instead of expecting God to schedule his life around you. Try it. Not only, listen, not only... <laughs> Most people, most people can do it for a little while. Right. <laughs> and what is it? What is it? It's a total of six hours a week at most. Six hours. Oh, that's not even a tithe. That is not even a tithe of your time. It's not even a tenth of your weekly hours. But you know how impactful it will be? And, and I, listen, I ain't talking about just showing up to church. I'm talking about some of you can't even dream of shutting your phone off. You can't. Some of you have a panic attack. You got a little God in your pocket. Others are dragging little gods around behind them. Come on, let's go. What are we doing today? <laughs> we gave those gods names. 
<laughs> Gabe, Mikey. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, look, I know. Look, look at y'all looking at me. <laughs> but honestly, you know what? This is, this is where the breakthroughs happen. This is where the breakthroughs happen. I've, I've been there. I've been there to have to, you know, y'all have heard the testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down in closing. Y'all have heard me tell this. I, I, we had Mikey, my daughter. She was born. Scheduled her. <laughs> I scheduled her. I, I, I told the doctor, I said, the doctor said, well, she's going to come around this time. I said, well, can she come on this day? I said, I got no, what was it? No, I got November, I think it's the sixth or seventh or something. I got this, I got like four days in here. Can she come within these four days? She, she's, the, she's a little Indian doctor. She's like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, it's four days. <laughs> she's like, are you serious? I said, yes. <laughs> she looked at Annie. She's like, is he serious? She's like, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> she said, I'll see what I can do. We'll see where everything is at. And, but sure enough, that week came. Annie was in a good place. She's like, I guess we can induce. I was like, <sighs> they induced, Mikey was born, my daughter. It took her forever though, didn't it? Man, it took, how long did it take for her then? Man, I mean, the presidency was up in the air. It was like between Al Gore and George Bush and they, they were counting chads. I was just counting contractions. <laughs> Y'all remember that election? They're counting chads, you know, counting down like, dear God. I, I, I have the video. I'm like, still no president, still no baby. And, I, and I'm talking all the lingo. I'm trying. I'm like, she, you know, she's, uh, uh, she's at the beginning of her contraction. Here's the, and the number would rise, you know. And then she's like, she's like, Dad, I call the nurse. I, I, I'm like, oh, I think she's in transition, you know. Oh, I think a baby's coming. You hear me on the video. I think, and, and Annie's like, just shut up and get a nurse. My God. <laughs> you know, by then she's in that full-blown, this is your fault. You know, she started out saying, I am not going, what do they call that? They put in your, I'm not going to have an epidural. I'm going to have this baby natural. There came a point in time where she's like, epidural. She's like, give me something, give me crack, give me something. She, she's already getting a ballpoint pen and pulling out the pen. I mean, she was getting crazy. Give me something. <laughs> no, no, do it. <laughs> and y'all know how, I mean, look at this one. You had, we had that baby. And Mikey, so beautiful. She was such a beautiful. She looked, when she came out of her mama, before she was even out all the way, that doctor turned her around. She opened her eyes and looked at me. I was like, oh, dear God, I'm in, I'm in trouble. My, my knees were weak. I was like, oh, God. I cried. 
looking at her. I was like, I'm, I'm, reti- I'm, I'm retiring. I'm retiring. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. We need daycare. We need daycare. We're, I'll just be daycare. I'll just be the daycare. You know what, baby? You, you got a lot of time. You go do your deal, and I'll take care of that. I'll be Mr. Mom. And she's like, no, you know, that the Bible says... The man shall be the head. Glory to God. Boy, she became a preacher. No, we, we didn't argue about it. It was just, it was so, they smell so good. And, except when they get that milk under their neck. Then it's like, ugh. But anyway, and you know, the bad diapers. But they're so wonderful. They're, I, I used to tell Mikey, I said, you're so soft. And, and she goes, I am. I said, yes, baby. I said, Oh, and you're warm. She goes, I am. I'm like, yes, baby. And I, I kiss her. I said, mm, and you're so sweet. She goes, I am. I said, yes. I said, you're a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> she said, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, there are these little gods. That's how they start out. And they want you to worship. They want you to worship. Worship me. You go to sleep and they're like, could you not tarry one hour? Ah! Oh, I'm sorry, Isaac. Isaac's like, what are you talking about me? Isn't that right? They didn't even want you to sleep. No, they wanted you to, they wanted you to do, and they were like a, a different kind of God, like a Buddha God. You had to give them their food first. You couldn't even put a food to your mouth. You go to put food to your mouth, ah, ah, oh, okay, okay. How long was it before you had a hot meal, Nakia, after you had kids? It's a long time. Where it's like, Nakia still eats her food cold. She got used to it. You know Tabitha eat her food cold. She, she got a whole army of kids. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Here, here, here T can take this. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I was there. Yeah, I was there. I was there, man. I would, for six months, I, I, I pushed back my meetings, Hans, for six months. I canceled everybody. I said, I, I, we, we had a baby. Oh, well, and, and here's the thing. Here's what church people would do. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, we let people worship other gods. Yeah. Listen, I'm up in here and saying stuff. Past, when's the last time you ever heard nobody talk about this? Never. Never. That's why we got boys now can't figure out whether they're boys or girls. And girls can't figure out whether they're girls or boys. And we still worship them. You want a dress? We'll put you a dress. You want to go see Barbie? You want to go see Barbie? He want to go see Barbie. Let's go see Barbie. We going 
Well, I thought we was going to, what's that movie? What's that? I thought we was going to the Freedom movie. No, we're going to see Barbie. They want to see Barbie. <laughs> Tyler's brother, we had him live with us. All that kid wanted to eat was Grandy's. On Grandy's, Theo. Theo is uncle in Spanish. Theo, I want Grandy's. Well, we ain't going to Grandy's, boy. We went to Grandy's for new. Ah! I like Grandy's, Theo. Little gods. Little gods. I will smite thee <laughs> if thou doest not what I tell thee to do. And then you think you escape them, and then your kid has a kid. <laughs> now you got grand gods. <laughs> and what I, what I understand, they're even, it's even harder to break away from those gods than it is the other ones. <laughs> Yeah, you got nephew gods, nieces gods. Okay, I'm almost done, I promise. Six months, after six months, it's time to preach. I had to quit worshiping at that crib. The bed used to be mine and hers, then it became ours. <sighs> it's crazy. And then this one Gabriel. Gabriel the difficult. <laughs> He'd find out what you like and decide he liked the opposite. I mean, if you change your mind, he changed his mind. <laughs> what do you want to eat, Gabe? McDonald's? That sounds great. Nah, I want Wendy's. <laughs> Boy, you said McDonald's. I don't want it. Don't give me anything. <laughs> I'm not going to eat then. Your offering is not acceptable to me. I am the God. <laughs> that six months with Mikey. But man, it, it, it tore me up. It tore me up. Can you think about it? Think about leaving your six-month-old for two months to preach the gospel. Number one, you got all kind of people telling you you shouldn't do that. That's, how, that's why them preacher's kids are all messed up. No, them preacher's kids are all messed up because preachers made their kids their God for a while. That's how they got messed up. See, God gave me the gift, and I gave the gift back to God. I had to make it clear to my kids. I told both of my kids regular, me and your mother, we're the family. You are a part of the family. We invited you into the... Without us, there's no family. Without you, we still have a family. That's how this works. 
This our house that you live in. This is my food that you're eating. Hard to get them little guys to bow down to you. Man, Hans, it was tough. Annie's standing at the door of our house in Columbus with that little girl on her hip. She was warm, soft, sweet. She loved her daddy. Mom tried. She's like, say mama, dada. (laughs) She went to preschool. They said, what did you learn at preschool? She looked at that teacher. She said, my daddy learned me everything. (laughs) She told him in preschool. (laughs) When her teacher said that, she said, she told me her daddy learned her everything. I said, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, she's 22 now and knows everything. But anyway. few more years she'll come back around but eventually I had to stand up so I know I'm finished eventually (laughs) yeah eventually I had to I had to walk away from that I had to make a sacrifice I had to sanctify and set apart that that part of my life It's a lot, a lot of different, lot of different things try to occupy that place. I, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to y'all about where I know. Uh, again, I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, we, we've got people that are, for the most part, faithful. Faithful to be at church. Faithful to worship. Faithful to serve. Faithful to do all these things. I mean, y'all have heard me talk regular about, you know, Michael and some of some of these folks that that have to travel a lot with their jobs, that they, out of their own pocket, are paying their own expense and their own money to be uh, here and to be a part. I mean, that, that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about there's, when you create a place like that, where you are setting yourself aside and, and sanctifying and setting apart your mind, your will, your emotions, your body, as well as your spirit, for the use of, Uh, of the Lord when you structure your life around him instead of hoping that he'll bless whatever it is that you're doing that's when he opens up the door and he elevates you and he takes you farther that's that's why we're talking about this church listen don't get it don't get in that place where you get so caught up in life so busy you know Andrew I know Andrew and Jasmine they, they, they're in a, they got their own business. Their business is structured where, um, you know, weddings don't usually typically happen on a Thursday or a Tuesday. It's usually on a Saturday. Rarely, but sometimes on a Sunday. And I've, I've seen you all come up in here and then have to leave. Hey, we got to go. We got to, you know, we got to leave. What's in your heart? Some of us won't exert any energy to to try to change things. But that's what God's looking for. That's sacrifice. 
That's, that's really his sanctification. Sanctification isn't easy. If it was easy, God wouldn't ask us, set, it, set apart, be set apart. Yes. Sanctified. We got revival coming up next week with Pastor Ben. I'm excited about what God's going to do. Again, y'all don't look. I know. I, I know what I threw out there today was super duper. I'm looking at y'all. Y'all are, y'all are leaving here. You're rubbing your, <laughs> rubbing the places where it touched you. Understand this. It's, I'm not. I'm not telling you something that. Um, I'm not trying to indenture you to something that I'm. I want you to, because some of you, in your mind, you're like, well, Pastor wants us here now on Sunday. Now he's going to say, be it every day of revival. Da, 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 da. You know, that's, that's what, that's not the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is to get you to start searching your heart and determining what is it that he's asking from you. You know, the Lord spoke something to me during the time, this time that we had this year of revival. And y- y'all will remember it when I say it. The Lord told me, he said this, he said, you know, it's been a long time since you offered me something that cost you something. And he reminded me of that verse of David, that God had asked him for the threshing floor. And so when David went to buy it, that old boy that had it said, no, David, take it. It's my gift to you. I'm honoring God and I'm honoring you. Here, I'm giving you, he, he gave, he was giving King David everything he needed. And King David said, I refuse to receive that. I'm going to pay you for it because I refuse to offer God something that cost me nothing. The Lord spoke to me and he said, it's been a long time since you offered me something that cost you something. I was like, what do you mean, Lord? I said, I'm here every day. He said, yeah, and it don't cost you a thing. You know, at some point when you're in church 200 some odd days a year, at some point, it doesn't cost you anything to be at church because you got that part of your life aligned to the point where it don't cost you nothing no more. It becomes easy. In fact, it can become a habit if you're not careful. And so being at church 200, 300 days a year, for me, is not a sacrifice. I've done that for, gosh, for as long as I can remember. So where some people are like, man, we're in church an awful lot. For me, it's like, you had not been to church. You don't know nothing about being in church all the time. Hang out with me for a few weeks during revival. Then you'll be like, this way too much church. Until something changes. Then you'll be like, I don't want to leave. Isn't it crazy how it will change? If any of you have ever been a part of a long revival that we've had, you go in and you think, this is stupid. You can't do this. This isn't sustainable. 14 weeks later, you're like, I hope this never ends. I don't want to stop. We announce we're quitting. You're like, ah. People literally come to me when we end revivals and say, what are we going to do now? Oh, you see, you already forgot what you were doing. What you couldn't give up at one season in your life. Now, all of a sudden, just because you committed to change. 
And it, didn't, and it don't take the 14 weeks. It only takes about six weeks. But man, that six weeks is hard. You get off of work and your body's like sleep. The little gods are saying, stay home, stay home. We'll drive you crazy if you take us to church. You and everybody else. The reason I bring this up is for you to take inventory, for you to determine. You know what? It, some of you aren't going to, it's not going to change tomorrow. But you've got to begin to look for those areas. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. It don't cost me nothing to raise my hand. You know what? It used to cost me something to raise my hands in worship. I used to feel ashamed to do it. I remember when I would do it. But here's the thing. I met with, those were the places where I met with God. When it cost me something, when I was ashamed and I lifted my hand, that was when he stepped down. Those were the times that he stepped down and miracles happened. When it no longer cost me anything, eh, not so much. When it cost me something to get from one meeting to the next, that's where he met me. That's where he met me. And that's why I'm bringing this message to you. Because some of you, you're like, man, I'm, I'm sold out to the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart. Spiritually speaking, everything is hunky-dory. I pray. I read my Bible. But man, I talked about one area to, to a specific group of people in this church, to, to, to those of you that own businesses that are self-employed. The hardest thing in the world to do is to believe that God will take care of you you'll forget about what you think is sustaining you. It'll actually be there when you're done with church. Waiting. Patiently. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. But when you determine you're going to give that to God... That's when you take it out of the sphere and out of the realm of your influence and you put it in the realm of his influence. Does it happen quickly? Sometimes. And sometimes no. Sometimes it takes a long time to see the result of that sacrifice to the Lord. It's not a sacrifice. Listen, if all of a sudden God just jumps up and, and first time you make a sacrifice, it's like, ooh, and then you get all the you know warm buzzies and numb tinglies. No, he wants to see that, it, that there's a change. That Read that chapter 8 of the book of Deuteronomy. It'll, it'll open you up. He wants to prove you. When God can trust you. Hans, I'll never, I'll never forget that day when you, when you asked to borrow. And, and it was a good reason. And I'm not, a, I, don't, I don't lend money. I give money to people. And I think I may have told you that that day. Hans, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm not really going to expect it back. You know, he wouldn't take that. He's like, I am pastor. I'm going to give it to you. He told me what day it would come. He said as soon as it hit his hands, it was going to come into my hands. I was like, okay. But you know what? My expectation was very low. Not because I didn't believe that Hans was a man of his word, but because when I go into a situation like that, I, I go in with the idea 
that there's nothing that's going to stand between me and this person. Not money, not nothing. So that money was gone. To me, it is gone. If I couldn't have done it, I wouldn't have done it. If I'd have needed that, you wouldn't have got it. But I gave Hans that money. The day that he said that he was going to give that, he called me earlier than he knew I wanted him to call me. Because if his first thing was, Pastor, I'm sorry for calling you so early. I got the money. Where can I bring it to? I'm like, well, bring it to church Sunday. He's like, no, I told you you'd have it on Friday. It's Friday. Well, Hans, it's all right. No, it's not. I told you Friday, Pastor, and I'm going to give it to you today. Where are you at? Where are you going to be today? Well, this is where I'm going to be at, Hans. I'll meet you there. He put that money in my hand. He said, Pastor, I am so thankful. Thank you. So I said, Hans, you don't understand. I knew that day I could trust this man. I knew this man was from good stock that day. No one had ever done that. For me. No one had ever done that to me. Pastor, you, I said it. I thought, this is a man of integrity. God's look, you know, God's looking for people that will do just that. God, you said you wanted Sunday. Here's your Sunday. Someone tried to, someone tried to give you a million-dollar contract on Sunday. You like, you can keep it till, you can keep it till tomorrow. If, if, you, if you value, if you value me, I'm a man of integrity. Call me in the morning. Today belongs to Jesus. It's as simple as putting it on your voicemail. The Santa Mendez, I'm not available today. Today's Jesus' day. Give me a call tomorrow. We'll see what we can do. God trusts people like that. He trusts them with money. He trusts them with anointing. He trusts them with responsibilities in the kingdom. I mean, you can go, you can go and get, go, go walk through a fire tunnel. It'll be awesome. You'll probably, you'll probably get goosebumps and you'll get hikamoshied and shandalai and you'll fall out and everything like that. It'll be awesome. Will you be influential? Will God be able to trust you in the last days with what he's looking to put him in? I don't know. You know, it depends. Did that fire tunnel exempt you from the next two weeks of church? Because you got two weeks worth of... Man, I've had people come say, man, I've been looking forward to you coming, Pastor Zig. Man, we're looking forward to revival. We're going to be there every night. I'll call them out the first night, give them a word, never see them again. They got what they came for. You know, next time I see them, a year later when we come back and their life is in shambles again. I'm glad you're coming back. Don't bring your recorder. Again, listen to what I'm saying. Don't take this as me trying to tell you this is how you got to live your life. You have to, you have to seek God and you have to figure what's he looking for from you. Find out what he's asking you for. And don't go into this trying to tell him what you want to hear, trying to get him to tell you what you want to hear. 
Go into this hearing what he's saying. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you're working with us to get the job done. I know it's your desire, Lord, to increase us, to elevate us to a greater measure of anointing, to a greater measure of demonstration, to a greater measure of influencing this world to bow their knees and bow their hearts to your lordship. Lord, I'm asking you. I know you've brought me some folks into this house. You've brought us some folks into this place to be a part of this family. That we know, Lord, that your plans exceed their dreams and their visions. That what you have for them, Lord, is exceeding abundantly above all they could ask or even think. Lord, I pray that you will help them to do what it takes to position themselves to to move and to be elevated and to be promoted to that place. Lord, if if it's as radical as I spoke on today, then so be it in the name of Jesus. But God, may we be faithful. May we be willing to do, Lord, all that is necessary to facilitate you, to facilitate your word and your work in our lives. Every one of us, Lord, every one of us have struggled and battled in this this realm, in this area. God, help us. Help us to obey you. Help us to trust you. Help us, Lord, to do your will in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Your kids will do better if you don't make them your God. They will. Your family members will do better if you don't make them your God. They'll they'll do great. Your parents, your sisters, your brothers. Your co-workers, your employees. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, you know, it seemed like the Lord's been helping us with these things uh, these last several weeks. So I want to encourage you. If you you weren't here Wednesday, please listen to Wednesday, this past Wednesday. We talked about stewardship. It will help you immensely. I didn't realize how, uh, how, uh, uh, how impactful what we did on Wednesday would really be. And, you know, honestly, I thought I was just spewing information. Um, I, I, I didn't feel a whole lot of numb buzzies and warm tinglies while I was teaching. But uh, the response that I got from people that were here was like, <sighs> so something happened Wednesday. I was unaware. I was unaware. But something happened Wednesday I was, that I was unaware of. Listen to it. It'll help you. And um, this week, pray for us as we, we're going to be traveling. We got a, a worship a thing that we're going to in Ohio. Gabe is getting together with some guys. Again, they're doing the threshing floor on this coming Friday, and we're going to be joining them. We will be back, though, for Sunday. So uh, I'll be here Sunday, but Pastor Ben will be preaching next Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here. He'll be here Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening, 6 p.m., and then Monday through Wednesday, 7 p.m. every night. I don't, I don't have to beg you all to come. I know many of you will be here. Uh, you'll be a part of, of what's happening. What I do want to ask you to do is that, that you don't just invite someone to come, that you bring someone with you. The Bible says compel them. That means trick them. 
do whatever you got to do to get them here. And, uh, and, and we'll, you know, and, and we'll deal with the repercussions later. You know what I'm saying? They might be mad, but they won't stay mad. Pastor Ben will have something, you know, from the Lord for him. It'll help them out and uh, it'll, they'll get over it. But definitely uh, bring someone with you. Help us get the word out. Like uh, the event uh, on, the, on the Facebook page. Share it with other people. Share the event. Invite people from the event. Uh, that you know uh, on social media. And um, listen, Annie and I, we're just so grateful. Uh, we didn't dream 35 years ago when we got married that we would be standing in front of a group of people that we would consider. Listen, we look at some of y'all, and I know some of y'all aren't young enough to be our kids, but boy, we feel like that y'all are our spiritual children, and we love you like family, and you have to, you have to understand that's not... That's not um, that's not, I'm talking serious. That's not just out of my head. Uh, we, we care for you and we appreciate you. And so continue to pray for us. We're, we're not doing bad. We're doing pretty good. I, I love her more today than I've ever loved her before. She just gets more and more gorgeous every day. And um, I'm willing to spend the rest of my life with her. I feel, uh, I feel like uh, it's a, a gift uh, from the Lord. And uh, I'm not looking for anything else. She's my good thing. Amen. So I found my rib. <laughs> but we're also praying for you. Marriage retreat's coming up. We're praying for you and for your marriages that God will strengthen them. And honestly, I'll be honest with you. I would, I, I would pray that God would give you a marriage like ours because our marriage is that good. It really is. Some of y'all be doing good if you had a marriage like mine and Annie's, I think. Is that a brag? Uh, I can't help it. I mean, it's, it's all good. Listen, honestly, what you see is what you get. You can ask Gabe. Gabe knows all the secrets and he'll tell you. He's not, believe me, he's not afraid to tell it. <laughs> Are you Gabe? Nope. <laughs> but pray for us as we go to Ohio this week. I love you. I appreciate you. If you need special prayer or if you need something like that, uh, get with one of the elders. You say, who are the elders? Michael and Twyla, Tyler and Ayla, David and Hilda, Miss Rhonda, uh, myself or Pastor Annie. We'll be willing to pray with you. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. We will see you back here Wednesday for sure. Uh, we'll, or Wednesday, yeah, we'll be here Wednesday. Did we put someone to, who's ministering?